Welcome to Lubbock Unified Messages on the Go. I'm Pastor Furman. As always, we just want to say thank you for joining us. This message is from this past Sunday in a series we've been in called Emmanuel. God is with us. We pray that it will bless you today. Um, you can come and find us, 2707 34th Street. We would love to have you on a Sunday in person at 1030. But other than that, man, let's keep seeking the Lord together. God bless. Can you give the Lord a, a round of applause? Yeah. So just like this series, y'all telling you, God is with us. And that's what we talked about when it came to Emmanuel, Emmanuel, right? We talked about the difference. One is a translation. One is a transliteration, right? Which means one is giving you the meaning that God is with us. The other one is just simply taking the text and translating it to a different language. We talked about how God is with the faithful. We talked about Zechariah and Elizabeth, John the Baptist's parents, and how God was with them, and that they lived a life that was pleasing to the Lord. The God said that he, they were righteous in his eyes, but that doesn't mean that life wasn't difficult or wasn't challenging like we've talked about, you know? None of us are going to live a perfect life. We're all going to be met with things that aren't always going to be easy. But those are actually opportunities. Those are seasons where we can see God meet us and move in ways that he gets glory, but this is another word we talked about, but in ways that we are sanctified. Y'all remember that? To be sanctified simply means that you are in a transition, you are in a refining, you are in a process of being made holy. And God is always looking to use hard things to purify us and make us holy. And those are opportunities. And just like we see, and I've been talking about last week, right, that God doesn't work through the random, he works through the, anybody remember Chosen, all right? A bunch of chosen people, a bunch of saints out here, okay? God works through the chosen. And even those acts, right, they came delivering turkeys. But every opportunity was actually a divine appointment that God was working because he had chosen that set in time to do a work. And so God works through the chosen, not the random. And he's thoughtful in all that he does. His purpose goes beyond what our prayers are. And that's what we learn with Zechariah and Elizabeth, who were very old, they were righteous, they never had children, everybody looked at them some type of way, but God said, I'm going to bless them, not just with a child, but somebody that's going to do bigger things than they can even imagine for themselves. Well, today we're going to take it back, we're going to take it back to the Old Testament, and we're going to talk about where Emmanuel came from. We've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks, that it's first mentioned by the prophet Isaiah in chapter 7, and that's what we're going to read this morning, because I want you to get the backstory to what the prophet was doing, what he was saying, and the why. But you're going to see, just like God is with the faithful, God is also with us when we're unfaithful. And so that means no matter where we find ourselves at today, God is always present. Amen? Amen. So let's pray, and then we'll jump in. Father, I just thank you, Lord, uh, that wherever we find ourselves out in every season, every moment, even currently right now, Lord, it is a place that you are always present that you will always reside, that you are always willing to meet with us and fulfill a promise to us. And so, Lord, help us, man, not miss what you are trying to do in the midst of our situation, of our storms, of this holiday season, Lord. Help us know that we are chosen, that we are saints, that when you see us, you see your son, that you see your daughter. You see somebody who belongs to your family, Lord. And so help us see ourselves in that way. Um, and help us, man, just receive what you have for us this morning. Father, we love you and we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 7. We're going to be reading in the New Living Translation. Okay, that means the NLT. It's an easy translation. If you ever try, what kind of translation do I need? This is a perfect one. But of course, it's always going to be on the screen, y'all. Okay. And hopefully, you make it in ways that you can read and see. See, I got my glasses on. Hopefully, you can see it where you're at. But let's start here at verse 1 in chapter 7 of Isaiah. It said, when Ahaz, the son of Jotham, and the grandson of Uzziah, was king of Judah, king risen of Syria, and king Pekah, son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, set out to attack Jerusalem. However, they were unable to carry out their plan. The news had come to the royal court of Judah. Syria is allied with Israel against us, so the heart of the king and his people trembled with fear, like trees shaking in a storm. Mm. Did you know that the enemy, the devil, is always looking for ways to shake you up? He's saying, how can I mess with them in a way that's going to have them shaking like them trees? That's going to mess with them to the core. And we see right here that this king of Judah, King Ahaz, he has not just one king coming against him, he has two. And you have to understand something, y'all. Uh, it's something that I, I think we fail to believe for ourselves, but the enemy always knows that he can't just come at you in a regular way, right? Because if he would have just sent one king, God would have been like, oh, what did I do for this, Lord? What did I do to deserve this person coming at me? But what happened? He said two. You see, because the enemy knows the anointing on your life. The enemy knows the hand of God on your life. The enemy knows the great things that God has for you. And so when we are being attacked in ways like this, I want you to know it's because of the anointing, the family that you're a part of. How many of us have ever been in a position and we feel like we're being attacked in a way that's greater than normal? We say, Lord, I ain't asked for all this. I don't understand why these people are coming against me. I don't even know them like that. I ain't asked for none of that. I've seen the way they, they've been with other people. They ain't even treat them this bad, Lord. Why are they doing me like this, right? You could have said one king. They said two kings again. You ever looked like that? You ever looked at somebody else's attack and then hear them talk about it? You're like, I wish I had your problems. Because mine is way, is way difficult. Like, if I had your situation, I'd be blessed. Because it's small in comparison to what I'm going through. Because you got to understand, you are like everybody else, right? You aren't a sinner. What are you? You were saying, got the hand of God on you. You got the crown over your life. And because of that, because the enemy knows that, he says, I can't just send regular people at him. I can't just bring one king. I'm going to have to bring more than that to try to defeat them, to try to mess with them. Because you have the spirit of God that's with you. Sometimes we don't realize that we have God in us. And then often when we are in situations, when we come to new environments, our spirit, the Holy Spirit, is triggering other people. It's bringing them out where they want to mistreat you. Where they want to harm you in a certain way because they are trying to capture the very thing that you have because it's the very thing that they like. They say, I don't see why they're so peaceful. I don't see why they're coming to work and have so much joy, so much life in them. My situation is hard. I don't understand how their situation is more difficult, but they look at more at peace. So they start being ugly toward you because the spirit within you making them feel some type of way. Because what do we talk about? The enemy's always looking to shake us up. He's always looking, how can I attack them and I can mess with them in ways that will make them crazy? 
So we see this. But I don't know if you caught that word that's on the screen, right? Say dollar back real quick. It said, uh, the king of Judah, king risen of Syria and Pek. All these people are raising up against to attack Jerusalem, the king of Israel. However, say that with me now, y'all. However. That means however it may look. However I may see the situation. However I may feel. However all these different things are. However, what did that line say? They were unable to carry out their plan. So that means however I am attacked. However the situation looks. However I am feeling. However I am taking this situation. God did allow them to go through. And that's important. Because you're going to see that before the news even reaches you about a bad situation. What happened? God has already took care of the situation. He's already made a way for you. He's already working through the present. And that's important. Because they didn't know that, right? King Ahaz didn't know that. The people didn't know that. They just saw the situation. They got the news and they said, oh, Lord, what we going to do? It ain't just one person tripping there. We got two people, two kingdoms coming against us. What are we going to do? The devil knows, man, that when God is working through you, he can't defeat you. So he will try to intimidate you so you will operate outside of the spirit. So you will operate out of your emotions. So I want you to take this away this morning. The enemy will try to provoke you, okay? He's going to mess with you. He's going to be in your face. He's going to come at you sideways because he wants to provoke you to operate out of your emotions because he can't defeat God's spirit. He can't beat that. So he wants us to operate outside of the Holy Spirit. But guess what happens when you're inside the Holy Spirit? Because you have the Spirit of God in you. If you didn't know that, it's in you. The problem is sometimes we just don't activate it, okay? We don't walk in it. But when we are, we do what pleases God. Our actions please God. Our thoughts please God. Everything we do, man, it reflects God. It's holy. It's good. We can actually endure all these things that we go through. But the moment that we step out of that, it's like a hand of protection that comes off of us. We start getting all kinds of mess. We start getting overwhelmed. We start tripping. We got to see that when we operate in the spirit of God, that we're an extension of the fruit of God. That means we're going to nourish other people. That means people will come to you and they can get peace. They can get love. They can get joy, kindness, gentleness. They can get self-control. They can get all kinds of good things from you. Because that's who you were called to be. That's who you're made to be. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do in you and through you. And blessing somebody else. Because people are always looking to you for strength. They're looking at how you will respond to the situation. Because what happened with that king, right? It said the king, and then it said, and his people... Hearts were troubled. They were trembling and they were shaking. So that means the king in his position of power, if he would have been calm and collected, how would everybody else be? They said, if he ain't tripping, I ain't going to trip. But the moment that they saw, oh man, he worried, he stressed out. Oh, this ain't good, y'all. What we going to do? If he's tripping, ah, oh, this ain't bad for me too. The same is true for us. People are looking at us and saying, how are you handling this situation? What does this look like for you? If you're a man of God, if you're a woman of God, I see what you're going through. How are you going to handle this? Because we always have to remember that the places that we're positioned are places of influence. They're places that other people are looking up to us. Because I think about my early childhood. 
Growing up, we didn't have everything. We often lacked a lot of things. But if you would have asked me that, I didn't know. Because my dad never looked stressed out. My dad always made a way. My dad, you know, made sure I was took care of. And I never saw that man stressed and worried, so I didn't worry or stress about nothing. We can have no lights in my house, and he's like, we're just going to burn some wood. I'm like, we're going to burn wood then. Let's go ahead and have it. He ain't stressing about it. I ain't going to stress about it either then. He's the one I'm looking up to. The same is true for us. People are looking up to us, seeing how you're going to handle yourself, how you handle your situation. And especially being a person of faith. Because how many people are looking to you and saying, okay, I don't know about this Jesus thing, but I'm going to see how they handle themselves. And maybe I'll try it out. Maybe I'll do what they're doing. And we see the king was trembling. He was shaking. Everybody was impacted because of him and how he responded. And it goes back to understanding the anointing on your life, knowing the fullness of Jesus in you. Because when you know that, what do we talk about? Enemy can't defeat you. No matter how bad the situation gets, that's something he can't do. But what he can do is get in your face, provoke you, get you acting outside of your character, could bring back the old you, the person that I was already dead. He said, I'm going to bring that back. I'm going to try to resurrect that from the grave. I want that hood crumb to come out of him. I want him to be talking crazy. Not that pastor crumb. I want the hood crumb to come back. Because he's always trying to provoke us because he knows outside of the spirit, we're in a place of vulnerability. But let's keep reading and let's see what happens. We're going to read verse 3 through 9. It says, Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Take your son, Sherezim, and go out to meet King Ahaz. You will find him at the end of the aqueduct that feeds water into the upper pool. Near the road leading to the field where the cloth is washed, tell him, Stop worrying. Tell him he doesn't need to fear the fierce anger of those two burnt out embers, King Risen of Syria and King Pekah, a son of Amaliah. Yes, the king of Syria and Israel are plotting against him, saying, we will attack Judah and capture it for ourselves, and then we will install the son, Tabor, as Judah's king. But this is what the sovereign Lord says. This invasion will never happen. It will never take place, for Syria is no stronger than its capital, Damascus, and Damascus is no stronger than its king, reason. And for Israel, within 65 years, it will be crushed and completely destroyed. Israel is no stronger than its capital, Samaria, and Samaria no stronger than its king, Pekah, son of Ramelia. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. So God is trying to use Isaiah, the prophet, to wash away King Ahaz's fears, right? He says, hey, I want you to go talk to him. Take your son. Go tell him, man, don't stop tripping. Everything's going to be okay. The prophet Isaiah goes and where he's find the king. He finds the king at an aqueduct, right, where the clothes are washed. The king is doing something I think many of us do in times of trouble, right? What do we do? We say, oh, you know what? I, I just need to step away from this situation. So we isolate ourselves looking for answers and looking for a place of comfort. So we step away from the things that are going on and say, look, I just need to process this. I need to think this through because this is really messing with me. And if you've heard messages before that I've talked about, I said that's exactly what the enemy wants, right? He wants to catch us by ourselves. He wants us to catch us in place of vulnerability. 
Because if you by yourself, it's easy to get to you, right? But when you're a group of people, they say, I'll wait till they leave. I ain't gonna mess up that right now. But they're gonna go home eventually. Then I'm gonna catch them slipping, catch them by myself. But I hope that you see this. What did God do? He sent a messenger to him. See, that's important. Even when we isolate ourselves, when we put ourselves away from things, that God is going to send a messenger to you. Because God does what? He meets you where you're at. He meets you exactly where you're at. So look, check this out. This is what I love. Even before you go looking for God, what's he doing? He's coming for you. Church, that is so good. And even when I'm overcoming my emotions, and I'm acting out, the Lord is still going to come towards me, even when I'm not going towards him. Because I need that, y'all. Because what? I mean, we all human, right? That's what makes us humanity. Is that we make things out of our emotions, out of our flesh, out of our body. But the Lord says, I already know that. And I already know your troubles. I already know what you're thinking. I'm going to come exactly to where you are to ease your mind, to calm you down. So that's what we see. He said the prophet Isaiah, he said, man, take your son, go meet King Ahaz, and tell him, hey, don't worry, don't trip, everything's good. What do you say? It will never happen. It's not going to take place. Then he started breaking it down. These things that are going on, man, no, don't even trip. They're not even that bad. Not as bad as you think that they are. Because they don't have the authority that I have. They don't have the authority that's in you. So we see that. It's powerful. And I talked about last week that God doesn't work through the random things, right? He works through the chosen. He's always thoughtful and purposeful in all that we did. For him to say, hey, Isaiah, make sure you take your son. It's like, okay, I'll take my, you should take my son to work today. I don't know. It seemed like a big thing, right? It seems irrelevant. But what you come to find out is that Isaiah's son, Sir Jessup, his name actually means the remnant will return. Okay. And this is what you need to understand, that even when you're in a place that you have left God, guess what? He ain't never left you. He's always going to be right there. Even his promise, even the situation is always going to what? Return. He's always going to come to where you are. So God was already working through the details because he was trying to bring reassurance to King Ahaz. Like, look, man, this really isn't going to happen. I, I want him to take his son because you understand the meaning of names in this time. So you understand that when I, he's not just bringing his son to work. He's reminding you that I'm going to be with you even when you're not with me. My remnant will always return. And Isaiah told him, man, don't worry, don't stress. Everything's took care of. Reassurance after reassurance. But then what did Isaiah say? He said, but I want to hit you with this warning, though. He said, unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. So that means how King Ahaz chooses to handle this situation is completely up to him. And the same is true for us. When we are provoked by the enemy, when we've isolated ourselves, how we handle all this, guess what? It's up to you. I can be your pastor. You'd be like, man, pastor is so good. He is so fat. He got so much knowledge. But guess what? I can't do anything for you besides be there for you. But it's up to you what you decide to do. Whether what God is speaking to you, what I show you any of that. I want you to take this away this morning because this is important. Our unbelief doesn't change God's promise. It affects our ability to stand firm. Let me say that again. Our unbelief, it doesn't change God's promise. Even when we aren't faithful, 
even when we go to the aqueducts, when we isolate ourselves, when we are trembling with fear, even though we should know who the Lord is, we see his faithfulness. Our unbelief doesn't change what God has already said. God already said this ain't gonna happen, so guess what, it ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna change his promise, but it does affect our ability to stand firm. Because we gotta be reminded, man, the devil is trying to provoke us in ways so we don't operate in the spirit. And he wants to create doubt in places that God has already left no doubt. Right? He already sent the son, that remnant. So that should have been a reminder. I'm faithful. He's already said, man, this is what the Lord says. This ain't what I'm saying. This is what the Lord says. He said, don't worry. Stop stressing. The Lord says, it will never happen. It's not going to take place. He kept trying to reassure him. Because he was trying to get him to not have doubt. Because doubt is one of the oldest strategies the enemies ever used. You go all the way back to Genesis with Adam and Eve, and guess what he did? Did God really say you can't eat from the middle tree? God really told you that? That's crazy. He wanted to get doubt in their mind. And that's the same thing he still does nowadays, right? God will confirm and reassure us and say all these things, and then what happens? Then he's like, you think God's really going to show up? God really going to be there? Where is he at? I don't see. I see them kings coming. Where's, he, where's your God at? And he's always looking to try to create doubt in our minds. Because he wants us to what? He wants us to operate out of them emotions. And not out of his spirit. Because he can't defeat the spirit of God in you. And when we are in a place of doubt, we're in a place of unbelief. It's real easy to divide yourself from God. And that's the enemy he wants. He wants to separate you from God so you're not operating in the spirit of God. Because then you're more likely to fall. You're more likely to get tripped up. You're easier to attack. You're easier to mess with. So he's always looking, how can I separate them? You know what? They are so strong. I'm going to go after their spouse. I'm going to go after their relationship because maybe then I can separate him from God. Maybe then I can separate her from God. You know what? I'm going to go after their child. I'm going to mess with them in a way that separates them from God because if you're with God, he can't defeat you. He can't. He's losing. And he knows this. So we say, how can I get them to operate without him? Because if we take matters in our own hands, what do we do? We make a mess of it. And we operate outside of God. And I love what James says in chapter 1. Because I want you to receive this this morning. Verses 5 through 8. He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. And he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, check this out. Be sure that your faith is in God alone. Don't waver for a person with what? What does it say? Divided loyalty. Is unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. For the loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unable to stand in everything they do. What the prophet Isaiah said, unless you stand firm in your faith, I cannot make you stand firm. He's saying, man, the enemy is trying to separate you so you can't have God's blessing in your life. So you can't stand firm. So you could be like that, blowing in the wind. So you could be tossed about by your environment, by your situation. Just like King Ahaz, right? He said they were shaking, trembling like a tree in the storm. Separating from them. So is it wrong to have emotions? No. 
right? Is it wrong to have unbelief? Oh my God, you don't believe? No, we're human. Is it wrong to have doubts? No, it's part of our humanity. But God is trying to teach us just like King Ahaz through Isaiah that when we are in these moments, when we are feeling some type of way, God can still be our anchor. He's still faithful. He still comes towards us even when we are trying to walk away from him. He's always given us an invitation to walk towards him and not away. An opportunity to experience his strength in our weaknesses. No matter what we choose, God is still the same. If he promised you something, he still will come through with a promise even when you're not faithful. Even when you're not standing firm. Even when you've operated outside of the spirit, you made the situation a way worse. He's not going to change what he's already promised because God is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. He's faithful. He is who he is. And he's not going to change that even for you. He is who he is. Even when we are divided, our faith is messed up. He's still faithful. He's still the God and who is with us. So we don't have to have that experience. Even when our emotions and our minds are messing with us, man, we can say, okay, I'll just, I really feel like praying, Lord, but I'm going to talk to you, I guess. Lord, you said this, so I'm going to stand on your promise. I don't really feel it, but... I'm going to walk with you in this, I guess. God ain't expecting you to be perfect, man. Because you know, when Christ died for you, you were still a sinner. That's a beautiful thing. That before we even try to get things right, God had already made things right. That's what we have to see, church. So let's see what King Ahaz does after Isaiah comes and tries to drop all this on him. Let me go to verse 10. It says, later, the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz. So here he goes. He said, oh, man, he's still tripping. He's still in his feelings. Let me go and send him another message. He said, ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation, Ahaz, and make it as difficult as you want, as high as the heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. But the king refused. He said, nah, I'm good. I will not test the Lord like that. And then Isaiah said, okay, well, uh, listen. Your royal family of David, isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right, then. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And by the time this child is old enough to choose what is right and reject what is wrong, he will be eating yogurt and honey. For this child is that old, the land's. Of the two kings you fear so much will both be deserved. <clears throat> then the Lord will bring things on you, your nation, your family, unlike anything you've ever seen since Israel broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria upon you. Isaiah says, man, God wants to go further and confirm what he's blessed you with, what he's promised to you, that it's going to come to pass. And how blessed are we that even when we're in a place of unbelief, even when we try to isolate ourselves, that we have a God that said, look, I know you're still struggling with this. So I'm going to send you another message. In fact, I want to encourage you, like, ask me anything. How do you want me to confirm this? Because I'm willing to go to the depths so you can see I am who I am. So you can receive this and not miss out. So you don't have to allow the torment of your emotions, of your situation 
to make things worse than what it already is. He kept trying to tell this king that. And if you remember even earlier, what did Isaiah say about those two other kings? He said, don't let their anger of those two fierce burnt out embers. He said, maybe you don't even understand. You just looking at how hot these people are at you, not even realizing that they are already on the decline. And that's what goes back, right? That God has already took care of it. The victory is already ours. That even before the news reached us, he had already said, it ain't going to happen. God is trying to reassure us. And I know we heard King Ahaz, and he's like, I ain't going to test the Lord like that. That sounds like humility, right? Because how many of us have said it? I don't want to mess the Lord that way. But you got to understand who this king was, man. He wasn't the king that he think he probably was. We all have ones that we're struggling with that promise. And God is trying to prove to us that nothing is too difficult for him to show us his validity. So we can position ourselves and we can ask the way we can receive. But that's the thing, church. You've got to position yourself in a place to receive. So if I ask God for a sign, then I've got to be in a place that I'm looking for that sign. I've got to be in a place that I'm listening for him to speak. I've got to be in a place to receive the very thing that I ask him to come. Because how many of us ask for something that we're like, oh, I ain't even pay attention God, would you just send me aside this certain way? All right. We know for God. He's, he keeps showing. He's waving the flag like Vanessa this morning. <laughs> He's like, you know what I'm Right here. Like, remember the sign? You remember the sign? You ain't looking. You got to position yourself in a place to receive. Because on the other hand, we're going to end up acting like King Ahaz. And then you know what that's going to bring? What we continually have been asking for and not even realizing. I want you to take this away this morning. When we reject God's message, we are injecting, okay, we are bringing upon ourselves our own destruction. When we reject God's message, God said, don't worry about it, I'm worried, Lord. We are inviting more harm to our life. Remember, I told you that king was wicked. Even though I said, like, he sounded like he was being humble, I'm not going to test the Lord. He never was the type of king to look for God's help. He was always the type of king to look at other people and said, that work for you? I'm going to try that. Them crystals? I'm going to go ahead and try them crystals. That work for you? Did you read your horoscope? I'm going to read mine. See what it says. He's looking at other people. That's who he was. And even in this situation, after the Isaiah came and he gave all this confirmation time after time, you know what he does? He goes to the king of Assyria. And he says, hey, have you heard? Man, I got these two kings. Will you help me? You know what? I paid some money. Here's some silver. Oh, I like that. What you do? What is that? That altar? What kind of God is that? I'm going to get some of that too. Because you, you look like you got your situation figured out. King Ahaz goes and builds an altar in Jerusalem of a pagan God. Because he was always looking for other people's help instead of the one that was always there trying to help him. And that's why the prophet Isaiah said, okay, man, don't waste my time. This is one thing that makes for me, but don't do this to God. God didn't ask for all this. But since you've chosen to reject God's message, you're going to receive the very thing that you're asking for. But here's the thing. It's not going to come at the hands of other people. Guess who it's going to come at? Your own hands. It's going to be at your own destruction. And you know what the enemy loves to do? He said, what is the easiest way to take them out? If I can get them to take themselves out, they make my job so much easier. I ain't even got to do it to them. They doing it to themselves. And as I reflect, man, I told y'all a couple a while back, right? I was on them cigarettes, y'all. I was, and I reflect back. I'm like, that's exactly what I was doing. I was killing myself. Stressing out. 
not operating in the spirit of the Lord. But Isaiah said, man, God is still with you. Emmanuel is a sign that even when we mess it up, when we get things wrong, God is still with us. That his promise won't change. Isaiah told King Ahaz, man, you come from the royal family of David. See, if you understand the lineage of David, David's family line ends up being the line of Jesus. And that goes all the way back to the promise of Abraham, of God saying, I'm going to make you a nation as countless as the stars in the sky. And it comes with the covenant and the promise that through their family, through their line, there will be a Messiah that will become the savior of the world. Little baby Jesus, right? Who becomes big Jesus. Comes and saves us all. And then it all comes back from King Ahaz's family. So even though King Ahaz didn't get it right, he still messed up. He had all the reassurance. God is still faithful to his promise. Because what did he say? Isaiah, take your son. And what does the son's name mean? The remnant will always return. As messed up as we make the situation, God's promise always is going to return. It's always going to come. So I want you to see, like last week, right? Even when we're faithful, God is with us. Even when we King Ahaz, when we at the aqueduct, we make the situation a mess. We say, Lord, let me out. Okay, I don't hear what you're saying. I'm still. God is still faithful, church. And he is still with us. So this is my challenge for all of us this week, for our life, forever. We got to stand on God's promise. We got to stand on the things that he spoke, the things that he said, the thing that he's written. Because his word tells us, man, before you even come from the birth of the, your mother's womb, I already have plans for you. Multiple things I'm going to do in your life. I have good things that are designed for my plan, my will, my purpose. It's going to bring me glory. It's going to transform you. You're going to be holy on this earth. And we don't always believe that, but we can stand on God's promise even when we don't have the faith for it. Even when we are being provoked out of our emotions and we're like, oh, man, I'm finna go upside this person's head. <laughs> but Lord, you said you're faithful. You're taking care of us. I'm believing, Lord, but I'm telling you, they're trying to fire me, Lord. I'm telling you right now, Lord. So I hope we got a different job lined up because these people right here standing on your promise, Lord. So how do you do that? Well, one of the ways to do that is to reflect on God's faithfulness in your life. Think about all the times that God has came through on his promise. That he's came through on his prayer. That you asked for something and he showed up in a way that was larger than what you even asked for. As you reflect on that, guess what? You can say, you know what? Okay, this, this is hard, Lord. But you've been faithful before. And you're faithful yesterday. You said you're going to be faithful in the future. So I'm believing that you're faithful today. I'm going to stand on your promise. Reflect on the ways that he's been faithful to you. And then the other way is to speak his word over yourself. Speak it over your situation. Say, no, nah, that's not who you call me. You said that I'm a child of you. You said I reflect your image, not the image that they're trying to make me out to be. You said all those things within me got buried with Christ. Them things ain't me no more. You said, I'm a new creation, Lord. I'm going to speak these things over my mind, over my family, over my situation. All these things that we're having trouble with, speak his word, speak his promise, speak his faithfulness over yourself. And when you do these things, guess what? 
You can stand firm, y'all. Because what did he say? Isaiah said, man, unless you face, stand firm in your faith, I cannot make you stand firm. But if you operate in the spirit of God, you're going to always be able to stand. And if we operate in the spirit of God, then what? We can't be defeated, y'all. No matter how dark, no matter how difficult the situation is, no matter how many kings come up and say, we're going to take you out, say, good luck. <laughs> I got the anointing of the Lord. I feel bad for you. I'm going to pray for you right now because you don't even know who you You don't even get it. You don't understand. You thought you was taking me out, man. You blessing so many people. Go ahead. Just do what you want to do. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work out, but I trust the Lord. He's good. Yes, yes. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord. Man, you're just so good to us, Lord. That even when we mess things up, even when we like King Ahaz, and we, we run to, to isolate ourselves, we run looking for answers, for comfort, and other things, you actually come out and meet us while we're at. I thank you, Lord, that you... Everything that you speak are things that come true in our life. They come through in our lineage, Lord. That it doesn't just stop with us, Father. It continues past us, your promise. So, Father, I just pray that we would be people who stand on the promise. People who position themselves to receive. That we would reflect on the ways you've been faithful. That we would speak your promise, your word. We would speak what you've said to us over ourselves. Over the things that we're facing, Lord. Thank you, Father. That we can look at Jesus and say, that's just a beautiful reminder of how you're always with us. That you've given us the promise that whether we are faithful, whether we don't have belief, it don't change who you are. It don't change your love for us. You don't expect us to be perfect. You don't expect us not to be human. You expect all of those things and you come before us. So, Father, help us humble ourselves and come before you. Help you be the thing that we run to, the thing that we stand on, the thing that we anchor our life, our thoughts, our actions, all of everything that we have onto you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for your word. We just thank you for the victories that have already been won, the victories that we've seen, and the victories still to come. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Right now we're going to a time of worship. We have some prayer team members in the back. Amen. Go to God and spill it all out. All right, spill it all out. Thank you for joining us today, listening to Lubbock Unified LUC Messages on the Go. As always, we invite you to join us in person Sundays at ten thirty, also on Wednesdays at six thirty, or catch us online at Lubbock Unified on social media, Instagram, Facebook. YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple, whatever your listening desires are, we would love to connect and for you to be part of the family. So let's do life together and let's keep seeking the Lord. God bless.